Welcome to Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the campus pastors here at Calvary Church, and I'm hosting the podcast today. Over the last 15 months, we've all experienced a great deal of change in many uh, aspects of our lives, and those in leadership positions have had to make many challenging decisions. Sean Winters, who is our senior pastor, and Ben Tybal, who is our engagement pastor here at Calvary Church, have had to wade through many challenges and changes. So, gentlemen, I thought today it would be good to talk about what are some of the lessons we've learned over the last year and a half about leading through the midst of change. Yeah, it's a great topic, and it's um, it's kind of fun to think back. Um, it wasn't a lot of fun to walk through, but just to see where where we've come and the changes we have made, and and the uh, the way that we've adapted. Um, we've used some ideas around the word pivot. We've had to pivot in significant ways. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it's been it's been a, a ride. I'm thinking of humility. I mean, just being humbled often. Mm-hmm. I feel like that has been a theme that I've experienced, you know, over the last year and a half, uh, specifically, uh, just kind of more, more often than I think I was used to kind of this experience of coming to the end of myself, like just not, not really knowing w- what to do next. And then and just kind of finding myself sort of face down before God saying, God, what, what do I do? You know, yeah. what, what do we do? And feeling the weight of that, um, so not a super fun experience, you know, being in the midst of that. But I, I think uh, there was um, there was good fruit that came from that. Sure. You know, as I look back, and you know, I think one of the signature verses, you know, that we have all kind of been clinging to is, um, you know, God, we don't know what to do, but our but our eyes are on you, and I, I think for good reason that kind of became a truth that we have been clinging to, you know, over yeah. the last, over the last year, year and a half. Yeah. It's not many people will say King Jehoshaphat is my hero right. or that that story is the one I really go to on leadership. You know, he's surprised by an army that's not far away mm-hmm. and, and doesn't know what to do. The, the army that's coming is vast. He says it's far beyond what we can defend against. And then he, you know, he's gathered everybody in front of him. And as the King, he stands up and says that actually here, here's what, here, here's our posture. We don't have an idea what to do. Yeah but our eyes are on you, God. And then he just stops talking. Yeah. And, and just, just to find ourselves in that spot where if we're honest, we, there's a number of times we didn't know what to do. But as a team, we really gathered around how, how do we keep our eyes on God and seek that answer together. So yeah, humility is a wonderful, the other piece is courage. Yeah. You know, I think about Joshua 1, um, 7, 8, you know, again, verse uh, 18, it, um, Moses is handing off the leadership to Joshua and the challenge is be strong and courageous. Listen to God. Be strong and courageous. God is with you. Then he gives a big charge to the people and he, he says, by the way, be strong and courageous. And so there's this humility, but there's also the importance of courage and being strong. And um, I don't know, Tucker, how, how have you felt about this This change leadership and all the dynamics that you've managed through the last 18 months. One of the things that immediately struck me, you know, 15 months ago was none of us have gone through something like this in the last hundred years. So there was no one you could turn to, to ask, how do 
you go through something like this. Yeah. What advice do you have? I mean, certainly there's been epidemics on smaller scales, but the pandemic on this scale, no one had gone through it. Mm-mm. So there was nowhere we could turn. So I think in one sense, it did require us to depend on on God. You know, mm-hmm. where can we turn but God alone in those kind of moments? So it certainly was a faith-building season for me. The other thing that you know, I came back to was, we're going through an incredible change. What a great opportunity to just experiment. And one of the things that really encouraged me coming through this, this whole last year and a half was the, the creativity that I saw uh, on the leadership team at Calvary and just the innovative thinking, the, the creative ways people were uh, developing to connect with people for the mm-hmm. sake of the gospel. So there were some certainly encouraging things that came out of it. So I think two things. One would be, it certainly was a time to depend on God because mm-hmm. there was nowhere else you could turn. And I think that's a great lesson just in general <laughs> that God is the one we should be turning to first. And then also creativity, the creativity that came out of uh, that yeah. season. Yeah, it's, it was uh, great to celebrate that. Um, it, it's great to kind of look back and say all the ways. You know, I, I think we're a little cautious to say we're post-pandemic, but um, – Baseball is back, and you know um, the libraries are open again. I mean, you know, so there's some really good signs, um, and, and then to realize what we've endured and how we kind of um, prospered in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing more and more people say, "Man, there's some really significant lessons we learned through that experience." And already people are kind of mining out of that um, lessons of their walk with God lessons of creativity on on ways we are able to connect the value of relationships um so it's it's been neat to see how god you know as we have sought him as we have sought to be creative god has met us in that moment and our eyes are on god and god has led and and that's something to celebrate so most of our listeners are not in, in in paid church leadership. We have many volunteers uh, in in significant positions that that listen to this this uh, podcast. But I want to go two directions with this today. One would be what are, what's the scripture passage that you would point to that really speaks to change uh, leadership in the midst of change? And then the other thing that I want to do is is focus on maybe one or two applications that you've learned the last fifteen months that you feel like would be good for our listeners to know. Yeah, I I would like to go to uh, Joshua 1, uh, beginning of verse 7. It says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And then he goes back and says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And as you think about where Joshua is at and the task he's given, so they're in the middle of the desert. Moses is handing that baton off. Joshua, you're going to lead the people into a brand new land. It's it's a change. It's a, it's a significant difference that's coming to them. And he's given this responsibility to lead and land in God. Don't turn from the right or the left. Be strong and courageous. Um, Don't step back. Don't be discouraged. Keep on. Um, 
And, and that's, you know, I think an encouragement for my soul. Um, I think that's, you know, a good word for us in church leadership, but also our congregation, that if we keep that book of the law, meditate on it, keep the big picture. I think vision is so crucial in the midst of change. Um, God is leading and the best is yet ahead. And, and, and that's so valuable. Ben, how about you? What uh, What is a passage that you've gone to? Yeah, to build off of, Sean, you mentioned vision. I, I do think, you know, and again, there's there's different um, kind of different ways to in, interpret, you know, Proverbs 19, uh, 18, but it's a it's a popular passage of, that people go to to talk about the importance of vision, you know, whether it's organizationally or or individually or for a family. <clears throat> but I do think that... Um, just to speak to, well, that passage uh, specifically says where there is no uh, vision, the people perish. That's from the King James. Um, from the NIV, it says where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Um, but the blessed is the one who heeds wisdom, wisdom's instruction. But I think, so even if it's not speaking directly to, you know, the importance of like organizational vision or, or personal vision, I do think it's saying something about, you know, again, the importance of um, if it's speaking about God's re- kind of revelatory word or mm-hmm. like, you know, having a sense of God, where, what is the bigger picture? You know, like, wh- where are you taking us? You know, where are you taking me? What is your sort of your bigger vision and, and purpose for my life? Because as I w- walk through these day-to-day challenges and difficulties, you know, as I'm facing, as we are all facing all of these different questions that we have, like we've been talking about, we don't mm-hmm. we don't know what to do, kind of on a day to day basis. But God is faithful in in the way that He's revealed Himself through Scripture, um, and continues to reveal Himself uh, through His Spirit uh, for us. the The continued you know importance of kind of having that uh, sort of that goal, right? That that vision. Um, out in front of us saying, okay, even though today I'm waking up and not knowing specifically what I'm to do, I, I do know that um, what I'm called to as a follower of Christ is to be an ambassador. It's to, mm-hmm. it's to love my neighbor and to, yeah. and to love God with all of my heart. And so again, that's, that's not always, that always doesn't, that doesn't necessarily give us um, like all of the practical steps, but it does keep us moving. And I think part of what it does, it, it deposits hope that really then fuels kind of the day-to-day practical, we, we keep moving. You know, we, we keep going before God. We, we, we keep getting um, these, we get, keep getting creative ideas and, and we you know, kind of put our hands to the plow, so to speak. Uh, but I, I think that um, that doesn't, can't always happen without kind of continuing to have that, that vision. So, so you're a leader, um, you're a leader of people, you're a leader of kind of a movements within the church or programs within the church. And, and listening today are people who are in leadership positions. Um, how, how would you apply that if they're leading uh, in change? Um, how, how does that impact not just their personal leadership, but you know, wake up each morning with a sense of, I'm an ambassador, um, I, I'm, I'm, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others. Mm-hmm. Um, we came to seek those who are lost. So just, just bringing those kind of whole life discipleship pieces 
Ben or Tucker, either way, but you know, how does this leading and change apply to people who are in workplace family leadership, particularly in times of change? Let, let me throw one out. I was thinking about, because we've had a couple kids get married, um, the, the change that happens when one of your kids gets married. You guys aren't there right now, but um, maybe no time soon. So, <laughs> but but that's, a, that's a change for a family. And leading in change you know, is important in church, it's important in business, but man, sometimes the most important leadership in change is how do you do family life when changes happen? So, you know, walking through the death of a parent, there's change. Um, conflict with, with siblings, there's change. Um, and one of your kids get married, this huge celebration. Well, that's, there's a new dynamic. And again, it's, it's those keeping your eyes on God. I, I'm here to serve, not be served. Um, competent leadership, I think wise leaders. Anyway, all of those things I think apply. And maybe we can't spell out specifics, but those things matter to God. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I'm thinking about is both as a, as a father, sort of leading my kids or my family, but also, you know, in my vocational life is the, uh, the importance of f- finding appropriate ways to say, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, and again, I mean, it, it in some ways goes back to that passage uh, from Second Chronicles that we were talking about with King Jehoshaphat, but he, he was king, right? Responsible to be leading the people uh, of Judah. And he, has a willingness to say, I, I don't know. And I think sometimes that could be one of the most courageous things that we do yeah. is to say, I, I really don't know. One of the hardest things to do. Um, but if I think about it in the context with my kids, that, that those have been some of the most powerful um, and kind of significant times I've had with my kids yeah. when we're wrestling through an issue or they've got a question or there's conflict. And I, and there's a time where I, I come together with them and kind of just say, man, I, I love you to pieces and it's my job to help lead you and, you know, to help you along here in life. And I'm, but I'm really not sure what to do, but I want to, I want to join with you. And that's part of how I want to lead you. Hmm. Let's go before God and, and ask him, God, what do we do? So I, that's part of what oh, came to good. mind as you yeah. were thinking is, when I think of being courageous, <laughs> that those are some of the times I, I think God has allowed me to be the most courageous mm-hmm. to say, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I want to reflect a little bit on the two words of mission and vision. I think they're, they're very important words. One of the things that I've been thinking about this past year is that you know, our mission, missions never change. Our mission statement is, is set in stone, and our mission statement at Calvary Church is building relationships, seeing Jesus transform lives. I think vision statements... Do, they have to change to accommodate to whatever the, the situation is of the day so that we know how to apply our, our mission statement to whatever the context is that we're in. So in, my, in my mind, mission statements are, are set in stone, and, and vision statements have to adapt so that the mission statement can be applied to whatever the situation is. And, and hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, and maybe, maybe you disagree. Well, how, often, like, how often would you suggest changing like a, a vision statement or a vision sort of, I wonder whether if, it's personally or organizationally. Yeah. I don't, maybe, I'm, I'm just this, 
you know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking maybe every th- three to five years at least to revisit it. Um, mm-hmm. Just given the way that things kind of change in in, in culture, but the, the, where I'm where I'm going with this is that I think a lot of people have missions and vision statements that they want to give us, uh, and I think that we see that with change. Like this, this should yeah. be your mission statement. This should be your vision right. statement. Yeah. And and one of the things that I've learned is is leadership is how do we bring people on board with with the mission and vision mm-hmm. rather than accommodating to whatever the mission and vision is that they think we should have. And I think we mm. see that this is so crucial in Jesus' ministry. I mean, they wanted him to be right. a type of Messiah and a type of king. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus had to repeat often that the Son of Man must go to Jerusalem to be rejected by the leaders, to be crucified, and on mm-hmm. the third day to rise again. And even after repeating it you know, three, four times, they still didn't get it, and it was a surprise yeah. to them. So... Um, that's one of the things I've been reflecting on is that how do we how how do we help people get on board with a mission and vision rather than receive a mission and vision from the from the people? Is that rhetorical? <laughs> you're, a, you're asking, I think. Yeah, sure. it's sort of rhetorical. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're you're talking about a little bit at the beginning adaptability. How how do we mm-hmm. adapt what we're doing in methodological ways mm-hmm. uh, to the need of the day? while remaining true to the mission that we're given by Christ and by the word of God. Um, so there's that adaptability, but then there's also that conversation, that collaboration of how do you work well with others? Um, how do you continue to define yourself so that people understand this is what we're about? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't help to kind of switch all the time. You know, mm-hmm. People don't know where you are if you, you're always moving. Um, but, but I think that that, you know, clarity of vision mm-hmm. has to be combined with an adaptability to the setting mm-hmm. and to the context. And um, so, I, I think an adaptability is a is a really important skill because mm-hmm. it's easy just to get locked in. Yeah. And and I'll just say, the older I get, <laughs> the more set I am in my ways, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, this is how I want things to be done. Um, and, and how do I remain adaptable, mm-hmm. open? Um, collaborative and the thing that I don't struggle with as much as I used to is just being like when we land on something here's here's where we're at mm-hmm. I, I declare it I stand strong on this we're not moving mm-hmm. okay yeah well the situation's changed so let's adapt but our mission is not going to move mm-hmm. you know so it, it, it gets back to that courage again but man you, you've got to got to be sensitive and especially to the team that you're with yeah Sean, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm hearing that the language of, uh, you know, kind of coming from the Canoeing the Mountains book that we went through, you know, by Todd Bolsinger, where he talks about, you know, when you're leading into change, that need for technical competence. So, I mean, you, you, the people that you're leading or that you're with, they have to know that you're competent. I mean, you know, you have Absolutely. to prove that, right? Yeah. That you have to major in the majors, like they... Yeah, they've got to know that. Yeah, that's time yep. and shared experience where yeah. yeah, competence has revealed itself. Yep. And the other thing, you know, that's needed is that adaptive capacity, which you were explaining well. Like you, we we have to have that ability to to adapt and have a capacity to do that. And that other piece is the relational congruence that you were also touching on. Just the the need to continue to stay connected with with our people, you know, in ways that I would say kind of foster 
um, not, not just a buy-in, but like just a trust that, yeah, even we're, we're leading you and, and we're, we're willing to admit and say, we trust that God is moving us in this direction while also knowing that we don't know everything. Yeah. And, and that's okay. That's a part of the journey, right? That we've kind of been talking about here today is. So Ben, I really like technical competence and I, and I like to push myself in adaptive leadership, but the relational congruence. Yeah. yeah, Like, is it okay if I just kind of let that one go and let other people, I could delegate that. You can. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I do think you, I mean, I don't know if delegates the right word, but the, the team, right. That, that you bring together, organize, whoever you're organizationally or as a family, it's, it's a part of, that uniqueness of how God creates us, mm-hmm. right? That he gifts us differently. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. yeah, there are some who like they major in technical competence. So you, you need those folks on that team. Others really do well with relational congruence. So they're, yeah. they're on the team and they're speaking into that, right? Continually. Right. Like that's the lens that they look through. Yeah. So they're all vital, but you don't yeah. have to be like a, you know, 10 out of 10 in Savant, all three categories. Right. Yeah. You, you, I mean, we can't do everything well. Right. And that's that's how God wired us, right? Yeah, we need the body. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, you're listening to the Raw Roast today. We're having a conversation about leadership in times of change, and we've touched on a number of things uh, already today. I mean, Sean, you introed with uh, with Joshua and tr- trusting in God in the mm-hmm. midst of in the midst of change when uh, when the people want to go back to Egypt, yeah, uh, to continue pressing forward towards the to the goal the the promised place, land, the promised land, the yeah. place where God's calling them. I mean, Ben, you you touched on the idea of being willing to say, "I don't know," and uh, the power in those words as a leader to say, "I don't know." Um, and you know, I think it's probably the temptation is probably to say, to think this is a this is a, a moment of weakness, and and people are going to look down upon a, a leader who says, "I don't know." But I, I mean, I, I I do think it's a it's an incredible quality to be able to admit that. We've talked a little bit about mission and vision, uh, maybe the difference between those those two things, and uh, that we have been given a mission to make disciples that's primary for any follower of Jesus. Right. Yep. Um, let's, let's turn our attention now thinking about you know, those who are in a, maybe a workplace setting or a family setting, you know, wherever it might be. What, 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 one, what one piece of advice would you give for leading well, maybe they're in a official leadership position, but maybe they just have a, a influential leadership position that's not official. What advice would you give them for leading in the midst of change? Um, I, I read an article on Inc. Magazine. It actually, came through Apple News, but it was uh, Sundar Pinchai, who is the new CEO of Google, and he had a mentor who was a football coach who asked him one question every week. And the one question that he asked every week is, what ties have you broken this week? And it wasn't about relational ties. It wasn't, you know, what, what relationships have you disconnected from? But he said, in an organization, there's going to be difference, difference of opinion. There's going to be people who come with two different ideas. And it might seem like um, you have to be the tiebreaker. And so you have to choose, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to reward one and not the other. I'm going to say yes to one and no to the other. And so the question every week was, what ties did you break this week? And, and then here's, here's a great quote. As a leader, Pichai's job isn't to keep everyone happy. 
nor should he allow things to stay still, hoping that one half of the team will just change their minds and that the right path forward will miraculously become obvious. His job is to keep things moving forward. And, and I think that's that vision. It's that purpose. It's like, what, what are we about? Um, and that that's can be family. That can be church. That can be workplace. Um, we, so the one word of advice is you can't make everyone happy. But you, you should know what value you're making your decisions on. Mm-hmm. And it can't be about self. And it can't be about making them happy. Um, yeah. Have a vision of what God is about, That's good. and and what hill we're trying to climb. Yeah, I, connected to that, um, what I was thinking about was continuing to restore your your love for God. So union with God being so important in any kind of well in your life and in your leadership. If you're going to be in that, be able to be in that space where you, where you're okay and continue to can continue to function at a high level without making everybody happy, you know, mm-hmm. without catering to, to everyone's uh, thoughts about what the mission or vision should be, or, you know, all these things. I, I think there needs to be a, a, a constancy around our pursuit of, of union with God. We, we, we have mm-hmm. to be able to, to both recover and, and then, you know, feed uh, you know our our love for God. If we know who it is that we are in light of who God is, then I think uh, as we take these steps, as we make these different dis- difficult decisions, as we break ties, as we disappoint people, uh, we can continue to come back and rest in uh, the 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 big things. Like yeah. God, we know who you are. God, I kn- I know who you've made me to be in light of that. Yeah. And, and I and you go back and check that, like, Lord, am I on the right track yeah, here? Yeah. But then there's also a horizontal, like, you know, the people who you respect in your life, like, mm-hmm. am I, am am I on the right track here? Yep. Um, and that's really valuable because mm-hmm. it, it it's confirming I'm not just wandering off by myself. I think we can, like, we can better, at least in my own life, the the times when I've done that more consistently, like, done the horizontal piece. Yeah. It's it it comes out of the the vertical uh, connection to God, like yeah. I'm much more willing, or or just I think again by God's grace, able to do the horizontal checking in, mm-hmm. and that's because that's a, vo- a very vulnerable uh, action. Mm-hmm. But I'm much more likely to do that if I'm resting and confident in my identity in Christ. Like I, I know who who I am. And so, because of that, I'm I'm willing to kind of put myself out there and say, "Hey, what? How am I doing?" And mm-hmm. I'm willing to hear back potentially you know, things that I that are not fun to hear, mm-hmm. and then be willing to grow from that. And I guess I'd want to encourage you guys as well, and those who are listening, that think of all the great leaders throughout world history who've gotten killed because they were great <laughs> leaders. So oh, if they if. Uh, <laughs> And to, to end on a light note, yeah. oh. you know, Tucker, you, you've had to break a lot of ties. I mean, you, there's been people who, in the decisions you've made, who've been disappointed, and and yet you do relational congruence really well. Um, people come out of those meetings and they still like you. Um, what, what have you learned about? <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you learned? boyish grin. Yeah. yeah. What, what, 
what have you learned about how to how to navigate those difficult decisions where you're introducing change, where you're implementing change, where you're um, you know trying to rally people towards change? That's a great question because I also I don't think I always do this very well, hmm. uh, and relational congruence is challenging to me. I think that's one of the areas that I need to grow in the most because it's really easy for me to. Even in those meetings, you start to shift your own opinion or thought about something. Mm. Um, and certainly, there's probably there is room at times for us as leaders to you know, admit we're wrong, and you know maybe we do need to go in a different direction than we were considering. But I do think that's an area I need to grow in. But the one thing I've tried to do is, like you were saying, you know, at the end of this meeting, we can we can have very differing opinions. We can have we can have a, even a sharp disagreement about something. But my hope is that after the end of this meeting, we could still go, you know, grab lunch and mm -hmm. talk about the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Or just, you know, have a, be able to maintain a friendship. So it's an area that I want to grow in, but I would love mm -hmm. to even, and maybe you just even come out and say that if you know it's going to be a tense meeting, if you know there's going to be sharp disagreement, to even just set the expectation up front. You know, if we disagree mm -hmm. about something, this isn't, it's, not, it's not personal, even... No yeah. matter how much we might think it is, yeah. I would love for us at the end of this meeting to still be able to say we could go grab a bite of lunch together. It's really good. You know, most of us um, are in situations like that, and we come away thinking, I'm not sure I handled that well. Yeah. And, and we need to be able to hear encouragement or correction so that we can do better next time. But we also need to hear people who say, no, yeah. you did that well. Yeah. And, and I really appreciated you willing to, to wade into that conversation? Mm -hmm. I got the award for humility once, and then when I accepted it, they took it right back. <laughs> that, that's a dad. Yeah, a we're, dad we're joke. a dad, a dad joke. slash <laughs> pastor joke. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes is I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but uh, from uh, from this book that you've mentioned, Ben, uh, Canoeing the Mountains by Todd Bolsinger. He, it's something along the lines of leadership is disappointing people. And increments they can handle, increments they can mm. and manage. Uh, I think it's great advice. So mm. my encouragement to you too, and to myself, those who are listening, is uh, disappoint people well. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and slowly, and slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for listening uh, to the Raw Rails today. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings, and we would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. We look forward to having you join us again next week. <laughs>